you are very welcome back. It is that time of the week when we talk all things food and indeed Wednesday night's dinner recipe. Gary O'Hanlon has, is still off on his holidays. I don't know what that lad does. Off in France apparently he is but I'm joined today by the equally lovely Paul Travaux of Travaux's Kitchen on Virgin Television who tonight is going to give us a culinary delight. Paul you're very welcome to Lunchtime Live. Thank you very much Kira. First del- time up. Yeah we're delighted to have mm-hmm. you. Um, tell me this what am I having for dinner tonight? Well first of all I have to ask did you cook the chicken from last <laughs> week? Well I started <laughs> did anybody? looking at my shoes <laughs> <laughs> because I've come all the way up here now, so you're going to have to cook what I tell you tonight. So tonight, we're going to cook a rack of pork. Is that like ribs? Well, it's like the whole loin of pork, and it's on the bone, and people are scared stiff of this kind of stuff, because they're going, I have no idea how to cook it. I don't think I've ever yeah. cooked it. Well, here we go. It's going to be the exact same as the chicken as last week. That's the beauty of all these things. That's what Trevo's Kitchen was all about, simplicity. So you get your rack of pork, go into the butcher and ask him for four bones, so pretty much four pork chops, all in one go Okay, I can on the picture bone. it now. Tell him to take off the chime bone at the bottom. That basically means you'll be able to slice straight down, and you won't be having to cut through any bones at the end of it. A little bit of olive oil in your hand. Remember uh-huh. I said what happens yeah, when you yeah, put it yeah. into the oven, it all falls onto the uh, into the tray. So a little bit of olive oil onto your hand, massage it over, rock salt, a mm. little bit of pepper, into the oven, 180 degrees, an hour and 45 minutes, take it out. Rack of pork. There you go. That's and, simple. And you see, you hear a lot of shenanigans about the likes of rack of lamb and it sounds all posh and people have it in the spring and all that. I don't know if I've ever heard of rack of pork. Is, yeah, is it's, there it's, a reason why rack of pork doesn't seem to be quite so popular? Well, you see, we're, we're all very posh at the moment, yes. you see, you know, and of course, a lack, rack of pork is like a, is beyond us, you know, but it's one of the most underrated pieces of meat and it's fantastic. And it's it's not the same as ribs, is it not? No, no, not at all. So what you've got is you've got your loin and then you've also got a little bit of the belly on it as well, just above it. And so you've got a lovely bit of fat content on it. Uh-huh. It stays nice and moist. It's absolutely fantastic and it's delicious. Just plain rock salt on top of it and that's it. And you put whatever you want with a salad, yeah, a baked say, potato. What, what would you eat with that now? <clears throat> well, if you want to make it really easy, get the biggest baked potatoes you can find, wrap them in tin foil, and throw them into the oven for the exact same time. So rack of pork on the middle of the oven, tray of potatoes in the bottom of the oven, take them out after an hour and 45 minutes. Done. And a simple salad. How easy is that for dinner? Pretty good. It's yeah, pretty see, good for even the likes of me. You see, you have to understand, right? There's there's millions and billions and trillions of dollars going in to convince you you're too busy to cook. And there's only one of me saying, that's actually nonsense. You don't need to be going to all your supermarkets buying ready-made meals. Just throw it into the oven. I do like the throw it into the oven meal. And I I usually, in fact, cook on a Sunday a throw, you know what I mean? Like a roasty, something that I roast because it's not really cool. It is, of course, cooking, but it's, it's cooking that I don't have to stand over. Yeah, and that's the kind of cooking we all want. Even the most professional of chefs to the person who's never cooked anything in their lives. You just want simplicity. And the great thing about this is that if there's only two or three or four, so that'll feed four Big hungry adults that will now in fairness. So if you've got say four adults, two or three kids, you're going to have enough in with that. If there's two adults, two kids, you've got leftovers. So tomorrow you've got a nice simple pork sandwich and that's the great. So you don't need to cook anything the following day. you got a nice little pork salad, something. And that's why I'm always a big fan. Cook more than what you need today. It's perfect. Remember I said last week about yeah, the chicken? Did. Cook two. It's the same thing, same time. Is the fear when you do that though not, not that you, you don't have leftovers you just eat twice as much as you need because that's <laughs> kind of what I do Paul to be yeah, fair Yeah yeah well eat eat more salad leave a little bit of meat till, till the following day Eat the salad yeah. um, Come here I was looking at, at the various foodie stories this week uh, and obviously we're, the, Paul Travaux was in with me today he's telling us how to cook the perfect rack of pork which I hadn't hadn't heard of but it does sound quite delicious Tell me about the carnivore diet the, the, I, and I've heard of this doesn't Jordan Peterson do this he just eats meat and water like how gross is that? I mean, I'm a, I'm a carnivore myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a savage for meat. I love meat. Yeah. But 
I like it with other things. Yeah, well, so so last week I, I was talking about vegans and how they love to kind of call their food after meat, which to me just doesn't add up. So I said to equal it up this week, I said I'd talk about carnivores. So this carnivore diet is this huge craze. It's probably on the go about probably maybe the last year, maybe two years even. And do they genuinely just eat like a load of steak or a load of chicken or what have like, yeah, like, so, like a lion? Yeah, like they're so basically turning into lions. What, what these guys are saying is, is they're pretty much saying, look, we need to go back to our roots. And they're turning around and saying, you know, how we used to have to chase our food and go after the meat and that's all we'd eat and we didn't even cook it at the time now some guys take it to an extreme and just eat raw meat uh, to me now that's taking it a bit too much unless it's steak tartare of course but apart from that you got to cook your meat but that's all they're eating is just so beef they're eating burgers they're eating ribs they're even eating chicken breakfast. wings breakfast lunch and dinner and they have a very simple thing I'd say they're breath absolutely yeah so it's, it's basically pure protein but to be honest with you, and my, so I did it for three weeks. Now did look, you? Yeah, now looking at me now, you wouldn't think it, but I lost about a stone and a half in three weeks. But probably because I had four to lose in the first place. So it's very easy to, when you think about it. All you're eating is pure protein and all you're drinking is water. So there's nothing else. And what's, it's probably not what you're eating. It's probably what you're not eating. So you're not eating processed food. You're not eating sweets. You're not eating junk. You're not eating any of that kind I of stuff. I would also suggest that you're probably by the end of it sick to the back teeth of meat and every time you go to eat a meal you go, oh, I can only eat a little bit of this because I can't face any more of it. Yeah. And does it kind of put you off your food? Well, like, I suppose it's kind of like any diet. I mean, if you're told you can own, I'm convinced if you just ate salmon, if you just ate eggs, if you just ate chocolate, you'd lose weight. If you just ate one thing, you'd lose weight. But to be honest with you, like every diet, I kind of got bored of it myself yes, after totally. three or four, e- even though the results were like were phenomenal. Tell us what happened after you started reintroducing other food groups again. Did the weight stay off or did it all just go back I on? S- you see, the problem was the food wasn't the issue. It was the couple of pints. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was the issue. And they're not meat. <laughs> no, no. They're not I'm, meat based. So we need to invent a meat based pint. <laughs> and we'd be flying. Meat juice. Let's ferment. Yeah. Let's ferment some meat juice. Oh, that sounds so gross. I can't believe we're having this conversation. But come here, you you have brought into me, and I like it. Um, some absolutely bonkers food facts, including explain to me what castorium is. Castorium. Castorium. Forgive yeah. me. So 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 we'll start off on this one. So it's basically. I'm a firm believer when, when you look at processed food they've, they've it all dickied up with fancy names and you've really no idea what it is and here's a here's I've never a, heard of this. here's a prime example so if a, uh, castorium is used as a vanilla flavouring in, in sweets or candies and baked goods etc yum it sounds yum sounds fantastic and you know we all can relate to it I but love on, vanilla but here it goes some people might actually be spitting out what they're eating now at the moment because it's actually a secretion from the anal gland of a beaver now, now what, what's more shocking about this <laughs> is who picked up a beaver Squeezed his anal glands. And said, geez, that tastes like vanilla. I feel like Sean Moncrief. That's what I actually... But but exactly, like, I don't believe that the anus of a beaver tastes like vanilla. I just don't believe it. It's not, it's not possible. There you go. Oh, my gosh. That's shocking. <laughs> uh, that's shocking. Here, one of the things I am interested in, because I, I, I'm very fond of the flavour myself, is wasabi. Apparently wasabi, which you may know, it's that kind of really hot Japanese mustard that you get with your sushi and stuff. It's not actually wasabi at all. Well, a lot, a lot of wasabis aren't actually wasabi. So, because it's a little bit more expensive than your horseradish. So a lot of wasabi uh, is actually horseradish dyed with a green food colouring to make it look like wasabi. Because horseradish and wasabi are very, very similar, but a fraction of the price. I suppose picture it like caviar. So, you I mean, if you get your real caviar, which is the fish eggs of a sturgeon, well, you can very easily get cheaper versions of it. You, you say, how the hell is that only five euro in a supermarket? Well, because it's not the fish eggs of a sturgeon. It's... But Maybe. does it? Here's the question. I I wouldn't know a sturgeon from a surgeon. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. so so, does it matter uh, as a non caviar aficionado whether they just like does caviar that's from a sturgeon taste vastly different or vastly superior to caviar from a 
trout or whatever the other things well, are. Again, I suppose it all comes back to like what we said earlier on, like rack of lamb or rack of pork. It depends on is it how all, posh you're feeling. Is it all snobbery? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> True food is snobbery. <laughs> it totally yeah. is. You're just a big pretentious person. That's what it is. All you foodies. That's <laughs> exactly. a joke. Come here, this is gross. Uh, one of the most popular pizza toppings in Brazil. Yeah. Could you imagine? And I thought there could be nothing worse than sweet corn or pineapple, but... Green peas? Green peas! Like, where do you come up with this stuff? Well, I you don't know. Want to be, I mean, you smear it then with castori- castorium. Castor- I mean, it couldn't be... Vanilla green peas. It couldn't yeah. be any worse. <laughs> Who would put peas on a pizza? Absolutely. I mean, Savages. No, nah, it wouldn't be my cup of tea now, I have to admit. Psychopaths. There you go. There come you. here, we were, talking about, we were talking about fruit. Yeah. <laughs> I actually feel the need for some fruit to cleanse my palate after the, the beaver's anus or whatever we just <laughs> talked about there. But come here, um, the most expensive fruit in the world is a melon. Yeah. And tell me how much they went for. So a Japanese Yubari cantaloupe and two melons once sold at an auction for $23,500. Now there are unconfirmed reports that it was Katie Price who bought them but we, as I said, unconfirmed. Oh, you ch- yeah. I, it took me a second. <laughs> that took me a second. Oh my goodness. I never get this kind of abuse from Gary O'Hanna. Come here to me though. But like, am I right in thinking a melon is fresh for about two days before it turns. It's pretty perishable as fruit goes. It's not like an yeah. apple you might get a week yeah, out of it. Well, I mean, I have, the, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later on about how I'm convinced that we export our finest ingredients and we import everyone else's muck. So if you go into a supermarket for a melon now or a shop for a uh-huh. melon now, you really need to buy it a week in advance because it's not ripe. It's nowhere near is ripe. Is that because it's yeah, rock, rock hard? hard yeah. Yeah, yeah, So if you want to get a melon or a pineapple or pretty much most fruit, you want to be buying it well in advance so it's prepared, so it's ready for you in four or five, maybe even... Uh, My favourite melons are the I'm trying to keep this clean. <laughs> My favourite melons are the orange ones. Are they also cantaloupes? Uh, the or- they're the Gallia melons. Are they? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah they're I, lovely because they have a lovely sweet honey yeah, taste. They're lovely. Yeah, they're lovely. Lovely with a bit of Parma ham. Wa- watermelons taste like water, and the greedy ones. Meh. Do you know what's a lovely thing for a watermelon? So, oh, we, with food, you must always think of contrasting flavours. So, watermelons can be very sweet and obviously very watery. But if you get a really ripe watermelon and break a little bit of feta cheese on top, a little bit of salty cheese. You see, now you're on, talking. Yeah, you see, there you go. And then you can also you got all these other guys who pour maybe say a little bit of vodka into their watermelon and all of a sudden you got a whole different party going on. Now you're really talking. <laughs> Feta cheese, vodka. <laughs> I, I prefer this for tonight's dinner, yeah. to, to be fair. And lastly, just about apples. Apples are float. Tell me why apples float. Yeah, well... W- we're always told an, ap- an apple a day and because they're very healthy, well, that's because a quarter of it is nothing. Basically, 25% of an apple is air, hence why it floats. They do taste kind of like there's nothing in them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm, just, I'm imagining biting an apple and yeah, I can believe that. They are, just like 25% of it is nothing. Being ripped off, paying, paying, <laughs> paying full but don't price. Don't forget this one here, look at this one here. The oldest evidence of soup is about 6,000 from 6,000 BC and it calls for hippopotamus and sparrow meat. Now, could you imagine being the commie chef in the kitchen being sent out? <laughs> Never mind your, 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 your carrot and coriander or your, your, you know, the ones that do... Yeah, 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 yeah. Tomato and basil, or would you have some rhino with a sparrow? Uh, God, we ate mad stuff back in... The, hippopotamus, not rhino. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just, look, um, fascinating stuff. I look yeah. forward to what you're going to come up with for me next week. That is Paul Trevo of Trevo's Kitchen on Virgin. Virgin 2? Virgin, uh, yeah, Virgin 2, yeah. And Virgin Player as well. Virgin Player as well. Thank yeah. you very much for you're coming up. Thanks for having uh, me. And I'm going to try the rack of pork because I, unlike you foodie types I'm not a snob I'm afraid we are out of time though today on Lunchtime Live um, thank you very much all of you for, for getting involved Moncrief's up next but my thanks as ever to the team to Michael Quilligan on sound to Claire Darmody Emma Cawley and Ross Leahy do call us on the comment line we always want to hear from you 1890-453-108 but I will be back on air tomorrow at 12 but for me Kira, have a great day thank you for listening thank you for talking